Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everton Art Me podcast. My name is Graham and I'm joined today by Andrew, Lee, Dave and Paul. So, so much has gone on at Everton. So much continues to go on at Everton and so much more will continue to go on at Everton. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, well, I'll leave that up to you, but... I know what way I'm leaning. But anyway, I think one of the most pressing matters that we want to touch on this week is the club have finally decided to be a bit more open. And they've set up an interview with Sean Dyche. And I came up today on my phone and I was quite surprised by it, as I'm sure you all were, where Sean Dyche described the summer transfer window, the start of the season and possible outgoings and going-ons in the changing room. So... Dave, just to get the conversation going, um, how did you take the interview? How, how did it feel to you? Um, I, I know my own thoughts, but I'd, ra- I'd rather hear around the table, to be absolutely honest. So the <laughs> mic is yours, mate. Yeah, no. No, listen, I know, um, you know, I've, I've voiced my opinions on the current matters in terms of Deitch, you know, when we were all on after the Wolves uh, defeat it was. And, you know, I think... Um, I don't think that was necessarily a rallying cry, but I liked when he was talking about, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know we're in a bad situation at the moment and we haven't won any games. And he just kept it short and sweet. He didn't go into any type of Seamus yeah. Coleman rallying cry or, or anything you've seen rinse or repeat for the, past, for the past couple of years. No, I mean, you know, I'm a big Coleman yeah, fan. Yeah, like, I know. I'm joking. The club, I'm joking, the club consistently send him out for – these little we got to be betters. You know, he just yeah. kept it nice, short, and sweet. Um, I think, too, I, I do agree with him, but you have to realize there's probably a narrative here. But um, I think I saw, you know, Rev say it, and I really – it really did stuck with stick with me. Everton are finally controlling the narrative. You know, whether you might think it's for better or for worse, you know, I mean, power – you know, player power is massive nowadays. And for Everton yeah. to kind of be able to control this narrative, put on a put out an interview where it's like just saying this about Damari Gray, um, it's kind of refreshing to see. And like I think like most Evertonians, I side with Deitch in this one, but that's not to say you know 
I dislike Gray or I know the full story or anything, but I think that just generally on the surface, Everton have done well to get out and control this narrative, um, <laughs> which they usually don't. I've got to say that. But um, yeah. I like the, the interview overall, Grant. I did. Yeah, I just, just, well. just on that. So, so we are going to come to the Gray stuff in a bit because let's face it, personally, I think that interview was all brought out there to aim towards the one major talking point. And I think the club felt confident enough where there's, which, which sort of damns their silence on other matters because if they're confident enough, they come out with this um, piece that, let's face it, that, 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 that there was a main common denominator, um, that they would come and do that, that shows their confidence, which also for me highlights their lack of confidence when speaking on other matters because they're not so confident. They put their name to it, and they put an official statement with it. Um, but no, that, that's fine. But they just any, anything on the fact like where Dice was going through the players, he was going through the game sort of softly. And how did he take on that? Because I, I don't. I just want to probe you a wee bit more on that, if you don't mind. Because for me, I, I, it was good to hear what he thought about the players. A few inconsistencies about whether they were fit or not and thrown on, but I get it. Um, and Dan Juma, I'm not calling him Arnie. You can get in the fucking bum. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, there's I only mean, one Arnie, and I look like him here wearing a vest. That's all I'm going to say. But um, you know, j- just in terms of that, and, and a slight breakdowns of the, uh, you know, of the games on his parts. We're going to do our own towards the end of this. But just, just how did you feel about that? Did you think? Did you sympathise with him? Could you? Did it? Did it change how you felt about it? Just to, as I say, because I know you're very um, pro dice. No, that's no, not a slight. I'm not, not like, not entirely. No, I mean, I think I, I agreed with him and disagreed with him on some points, and I'd like to hear the discourse from you guys on it because obviously I'm a little bit biased, and I think that he is the right man for the job at the moment. But no, I mean, like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't overly enamored with him, and um, yeah. I think I heard you say it. I think I would have would have liked to see something different like him and Thelwell sit down and, and yeah. the two of them go through it or, or something short. But okay. I think regardless, it, it was refreshing to hear from a manager and, you know, it wasn't he, – he spoke honestly, I thought, personally. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Um, Paul, I'm going to come to you next. Just um, I thought there was a serious degree of honesty. As I said, it was all leaning towards – the crescendo that was Demari Gray, um, who keeps coming up, but we'll come to him in a bit. <laughs> Stay with us after the break. But, um, you, you know, in, in terms of, of how he was talking about the players, um, the game so far, the transfer business over the summer, you know, it was no secret to us. I don't know, for, for me, and, and where Dave touched on there, and that was what I was going to bring to you anyway, was that personally I felt if you could have had the two, in the room together, you know, that they had to take ownership of certain points. But the fact it's one, and then, because we're still waiting in this Thelwell interview, let's face it, which seems, which is massively out of date. Like, we we podcast, even just us discussing that in our, in our WhatsApp group, our discussions are out of date. Our podcasts are out of date in no time, unless you're someone who really likes to go back and podcast. Do you know what I mean? But, like, the shelf life of this stuff is so minimal. Um, but 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 how did you how did you feel about it? Yeah, so I've had a good think about this because you, you know you don't want to come out too negative because I think there's 
there's too much negativity around the club. So I think it was just scripted waffle, if I'm honest. Um, because we've heard all this before. I keep going back to the phrase, you know, the state of the club. Well, everything we hear comes from probably fan sites, podcasts that we all listen to, and you know, probably detailed accounts by like people like Biesk. Without the club actually telling us what is the situation. Um so no, I, I don't go with what they say, it's just beating the badge. That's all it is to me. They try and say what what the fans want to hear, which you know, there's always this stigma with Evertonians, isn't there? We just like a good 50-50 tackle. You know, as long as you run for the club, that's great. Nah, that's not, good that's not for me. No. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, we've all sat there watching the club. I, for the first time ever, I don't have a favourite player. I don't feel any affiliation or affliction to any of the players, any of the management, and certainly none of the owners. So yeah. that interview to me... gone now as well, Paul. Like, that's... They've cut that tie, but even that, that was maybe the warmest thing that you could lean to in this. If you even did, you could just say, well, that's a club, man. But I, sorry to cut you off, but completely no. there, yeah. No, mate, the club's like a giant mothball just floating down the River Mersey. It's just ridiculous. It's just like, it's the same waffle to me. It, yeah, the interview looks great. Sean Dice is sitting there. He's giving it the old large and, you know, he's got this persona of being a, an authoritarian and, you know, he's he's a strong character. Yeah, I probably think he's the best that we can hope for at the moment. I, I won't lie. You know, I think there's probably we hold Everton in the higher esteem than the rest of the country. Look at Everton, it's just an absolute mess. Um, yeah, from top to bottom, I think the club's crap. I really do. Um, I really do. And this ex- all this other nonsense about XG and all that. At the end of the day, this fellow's playing more pay. He could have got a striker in. Come on, come on, get a grip, Everton. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, Beto's coming. Yeah, it looks half decent, but. Yeah, listen to me on that interview. I might be being overly negative, but it's things we've seen before. The club still aren't telling us what's going on. He's still trying to big up the players and, you know, the situation, whatever that situation is, if they ever get around to telling us the truth as fans. Yeah. Um, ever putting the, the, the people that need to be put in front of a, you know, a camera or a microphone to tell us what's going on, put a few stories to rest. And um, yeah, it's nothing that I haven't heard before. And, Certainly doesn't get any extra kudos from me. It's just the same old rhetoric. Uh, better yeah. than before. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, no, it's fair. And you know what? Even even for what you didn't see, you can see it clear as day in your words and, and your emotion here. Obviously, I have the advantage of seeing. Um, but Dave, yeah, it's very negative, this... but it's just it's just the same. No, no, no. It's fair. Right? It's you know fair. what I mean, mate? That's you know, and listeners will think, oh, you know what I mean. It was everyone's got an opinion, but mine's just I've seen it before. I'm, I'm mid 40s, I've seen all this rubbish. I've heard it from the last 10 managers we've had. It's just ridiculous. Um, the club hasn't moved on, it's never learned any lessons. Still got the, the same people at the top, brought in just even worse people at the top. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's bobbing along, and we're probably we're on life support now more than ever before. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's it. It's and I think that's one of those permanent matters that just really is ringing and resonating and and just hangs in our head. But Dave, was there anything you wanted to bounce back on with that? No, it's just. I mean, like 
Paul, I'm not trying to go head to head with you here, but I understand that you're you're sick of the rhetoric and you're sick of you know the waffle and but I just don't think like every everybody's talking about it, but what do you what do you expect them to do? Like do you just expect them to not take the interview and not do it? Like you know what I mean? I get it, you're fed up with, with what he's saying and you're sick of hearing it because we're hearing it for the upteenth time because we're stuck in this cycle. But but that doesn't make anything of of what he's saying less valid to me personally. Like that's what that's just what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think it makes what he's saying less valid just because he's the seventh man underneath this owner. Like at the end of the day, I think he's doing the best job he can. Yeah, maybe it might just be underqualified. Yeah, I will not give a thought of thought. I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's it's under qualifications though. So you're telling me this? Let's go back to Marco Silva. Let's go back to Marco Silva. How many yeah. how many people called for his head in his second year when things weren't going his way? And we got Trumpstad Anfield five two. There's a progressive manager for you. Yeah. There's a progressive yeah. manager that played progressive stuff, and we had our PPDAs, our our. our basically our passing per defensive actions with our pressing was some of the best in the league at that time. So we had a pressing team and people yeah. always say, Oh, Goodison Park loves a pressing team, this and that. And we want to play on the front foot and all of this. He was somebody who tried to get the ball down and play on the ground. Right. Well, yeah. guess what happened in his second season when it turns crap, everybody started saying and going, Oh, get him out, get him out, get him out. Keep in mind, I, and I'm not equating any of these crap managers to Howard Kendall. Keep in mind, this is a football club who had, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know the exact number, but tens of thousands of petition uh, of signatures on a petition to get rid yeah. of Howard Kendall. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying we need to stick with Dice purely because we're, we need to break this cycle. If he's crap, he's crap. But I don't think that the underlying performances at this time warrant any sort of sacking. Okay, yeah, we turned up and we were poor at Villa. I don't disagree with that. We are shocking yeah. at Villa. I don't disagree with in a first half against Doncaster, we were bad. But we're starting to control this narrative all the time, all the time, and just yeah. hate the man for the the way he looks, the way he talks. When I, I think out of most of the Everton managers that we've had in the past six, seven seasons now, he speaks more honestly than Sam Allardyce. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's okay. more intelligent than Frank Lampard. I yeah. think like we're getting to a point now where we're just again coming down this cycle. I don't. I'm sorry for hopping on the mic. Not at all. David, that's, for that's two what minutes, but what we want. That's what listeners want. They want your <laughs> heartfelt emotions. That's what I want, especially because my shows are better than John's. Right, just to go back. Right with that, Andrew, two seconds. Just to retort, and then I'm moving to you by all means. What I would say is, if you were to go by Twitter, because you can't, you, you can't judge. Everton fans by Twitter, but by the Twitter narrative, nothing's good enough for Ever Evertonians in that sense because we have a hunger and a, desi a desire to want more, which which is fair to an extent. You know things as, aren't good as enough. As we should, as we should, Graham. I I don't yeah. mean to cut you well, off. This, as we this should, is what I'm trying to aim towards. Let me let me finish just two seconds, mate. As we should, because of the standard that this club hold this club holds. I think Marco Silva is a right manager, wrong time. I always said that back then whenever he went, because ultimately we were on an upward trajectory 
we got this money. We believed Mashiri's vision. We believed Brands was the fucking man. We it's big Dutch dick walking in, looking like Vince McMahon with that walk in the strut. And we did every single Evertonian did. And if you didn't, you're a fucking liar. But that's what happened. So yes, we seen that. And for what we seen ourselves projecting to was not five two against Liverpool. We just did ultimately and it wasn't good enough for us. And that's it being ultimate. We've constantly replaced and replaced with not good enough. We have, and it's been a stick and plaster. And while all our eyes have been on the manager, the board, and the fucking uh, director of football, the squad, the squad has deteriorated. We've always talked about a cancer in this club. We've talked about a fracture in this club. We've talked about a damp in this club. Regardless of which, that's what's happened with the playing squad. It, money's been siphoned out of the club out of players in the centre. And by the way, well, I don't care. Come at me if you want. This is just my views as an Evertonian. I don't mean all Evertonians whenever I made that point, and I'm not backtracking. But the fact of the matter is, if you're an Evertonian saying that we weren't above our station for a long, long time, and now we're at a stage where nothing is satisfying us because we can't even get back to those stages that we thought were just... that were, that were actually good enough for us to find a way to progress that weren't, we're completely fucked. We're in a spiral... We're in, a, we're in a whirlpool and we're being sucked down the oblivion. We really are. We really fucking are. And it's nothing but bad news. It's nothing but bad news. That's why we're covering three fucking things in this show realistically. Because I'm not going over the rest of the shit. You know what I mean? So I completely agree with you. But do I think Sean Dice is underqualified as a football manager? No. Do I think he is underqualified to be Everton manager in this current situation? Never, not never mind this current situation as Everton manager. Yes, I do. I think he's very underqualified. I think the footballing needs, he does not have it. I think, Jesus, even interaction in front of a camera, I'm sorry. He's just, if you, if you work with him, he'd be that dickhead. He's all right, but he's our dickhead. I'm sorry, that's just how I see him. That's just how I see him, mate. So I do not take away from what you say. I respect everything you say. We chat all night, all the time about football. But ultimately, this is this is where we put heads. I think he's good. I think he's a decent manager. I just don't think he's Everton's level. The problem is Everton aren't Everton's level. And that is where we are stuck. That is the crux. That is the fucking massive issue. That is the boil on the end of the nose of the witch, mate. And that's what we all can't stop focusing on. So my club is fucked. I don't think my manager's good enough. I don't think my players are good enough. And I'm, I'm actually, I can't even be arsty fucking sometimes share this podcast because Twitter is a fucking mad place that I just don't want to even go on. That's me being honest. And you know what? It's shite. It, 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 it's shit. So it's World War fucking tea on there sometimes. Tea for toffees, Andrea. See, you're looking around you. So that that's just how I feel. There you are. There's your there's your rant. You know, and thank you for yours because it sparked me. I really appreciate it. But um, have you anything to say? Because I know you have to go back to your work. No. No, I mean, I think I think you hit most of the nails on the head there, and I think you spoke well. I mean, just what I always say is I think it comes down to the owners. You had a three times champion winner managing this club and we finished 12th and 10th. So we all need to Well, Well, you're fair. That's the one thing. I've, and I, Ultimately, well, I'm talking about the boil on the nose of the witch. Well, Farhad Mashiri and Bill Kenwright is some fucking dual morphed absolute arsehole of a witch. And everything going on is the boil, and that's what we're focused on. But they are the ones turning that magical Halloween theme, guys. You know, we're getting there. But but, but that's but – that, uh, fuck me. We already know about them. We've known about them pretty early. Their card was marked, especially with the Usmanov stuff. We can sit and preach here, there, and everywhere about Saudi money, this, that, and the other. 
we all had an idea that fucking Usmanov was doing something. We all knew he was shitty. We didn't give a shit. We won't give a shit if we were taking over the Marby Saudis. The majority of us would be just, yeah, fuck it. I've had enough bad times. Let's have some good times. You know what I mean? There you are. There's a fucking name for the pod. So, but, but that's where we were. So, look, Dave, I know you have to go, mate. We can end this part of the conversation. We can slide on Andrew. Um, slide him under the chat, by the way. It's not that sort of podcast. Um, ever not me after dark will be later um andrew we're all heads falling off already and this was be a casual chat something tells me this podcast could go on later than expected what's your thoughts mate so you guys remember game of thrones when little finger <laughs> had that quote about uh you know sometimes when i try and understand a person's motives i like to play a little game so i know i know you do game with everton managers is let's put this through a rafa filter Let's put Sean Dyche's words and actions and replace them with Rafa Benitez and see how fans would react if he was the one saying them and doing them and getting these non-results. People would be losing their fucking minds and rightfully so. You take away Dyche's charisma and character, which I do respect and appreciate and enjoy, no doubt. His conversation about looking like he's is one of my favorite things that I've ever seen. But... <laughs> If you took away his charisma and replaced him with a sweaty man in a three-piece and said, hey, you've got one point out of fucking 12, <laughs> and you have, oh, by the way, this is a really apropos analogy. Remember when uh, Rafa was beefing with Luca Dean? Yeah. Put him on the freeze. This is happening again. I'm not saying Gray's as good as Dean. That's not what this is. I'm just saying we now have another manager who is airing out dirty laundry what does that do for potential incoming signings in January when you mm. say, oh, okay, this guy's going to bury me and talk about dressing room stuff in public, in a very public forum. I don't think any of that is good. And nothing that Dice said is anything 99% of managers haven't said for their own clubs throughout the course of history. It would be much shorter to list the managers that wouldn't say what Dice said just as a matter of course in media training fight for the badge, not good enough, blah, 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 blah. It's just Seamus Coleman taking up to, you know, 11 all over again. So that's where mm -hmm. I'm at. If Rafa had done this interview, we'd all be just going apeshit. No, that's fair. Very well put. I was wondering where that was going, but it would absolutely came together like a, like the wheel. Like the way. <laughs> uh, no, uh, very, very good points there. And, and you know what? That's something I, that's a way I don't really think and that is me sort of thinking I'm going through our manager since Mishiri came in and again Roberto Martinez said that in this first season well we'd all be very elated let's just say I'll keep it clean but if that had been Martinez in the second season you know, and, and you play that across them and you're like right it could be them but again yes and as I say I do, I do like Dice and I just don't think he's the man to get us out of this trouble. I know I've been quoted in the past saying he's maybe the man to get us out of this trouble, but, you know, I was looking at him with moist tinted glasses, which we can all be very guilty of. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, too, I, I sympathize with him. Um, yeah, I, real quick on that, I yeah, do want cool, to appreciate cool. what he did keeping us up last season. 100%, between 100%. him and Bielsa, who I am still very much pining for as a project guy for Mental. the bigger picture and getting us unfucked quickish. Um, 
I think he's the right guy to take us for because he knew exactly how bad things were at like endemically. But yeah, Deich but he, was 100% the best shot at not going down last season. And he did that job. I just yeah. think we should have looked for something over the summer saying, okay, we're done firefighting. Now let's make a project. I have two things on that, mate. And again, you know, we've discussed it at length, Andrew. Completely respect you and your opinions and stuff on it. But there's two things wrong with that. So one is my mate Thelwell was able to draw up a list with two people. Bielsa and Dice, okay? Secondly, Bielsa knew what was up, but he wasn't prepared to take the first team until the start of the season. He wanted the club to go down. He wanted he wanted the club to go down to restart in the championship. So for me, that, that makes him a mental. Not the mental like I call you mental. I just mean like a mental sound like that's that's mad. Yeah. That's a mad theory. That's a, he's not worth he's not worth potential cripple of one of the oldest, most established clubs in English football, world football. Let's face it. People don't want to believe it. Some Evertonians don't believe it, but we are. We are. We're there. We're there building the bricks from the start. Um, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to say all that. Everybody knows that. If, if you're worth if you're worth one spread of your mustard, but a Bielsa who was proactive and, and able to do it, yeah, by all means. But e- even you had me, Andrew Bielsa, whenever whenever it was announced, I was like, you know what, fuck it, murder ball. Let's make these idiots running and see what they can do. But then this whole, I'll take them from the championship. That was just, I said, nah, that's not a guy you can trust. So I think I think I think ultimately where yes I get what you're saying but I think it's just that's just saying that someone's going to go back to the nineties and get you prime Heller Locklear to be absolutely honest. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean like that's a very good mean? point with Thelwell, uh, who I have defended many a time, but no competent board looks at those two men in the same interview at all. No, it's like going to exactly. a car dealership and it's like I'll have a 1973 Land Rover Defender or a Lamborghini Huracan. These are yeah. the two choices. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing with either. Yeah, exactly. I would have come up with two far worse comparisons, so that's actually a lot better than I could have came with. Um, but cheers, Andrew. I'm just going to move on. Uh, Lee's been Lee's been hanging around a wee bit here. Sorry, mate. Um, Lee, you, you've heard everyone's point of views. You usually speak really, really well um, in regards to your views on the board and, and your views of dice because you've been very pro-dice. You've been very anti-dice. You tend to call it how it is. And it's one of the reasons I absolutely love chatting football with you, being honest, mate. So you've seen us all go at each other. So the mic is yours, mate, if you want to just talk on what you've heard and what you think. Um, just touching on what, I mean, what Andrew said there, like about Dice getting it wrong, I think in normal context, he'd be right. But in this context, which we're going to touch on in a bit, like he was 100% right to do it because... You know, you've just seen like Ten Hag do it with Sancho. If Gray by doesn't all, come out, by, by all means, we'll we'll move Andy Demari Gray now because I think we said every, you can touch on anything, Mises, but let's move it Andy Demari Gray now. So you can use use that example by all means, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's it. You've got to look at what like Sancho done the same, didn't he? He came out and said yeah. something, and then Ten Hag was asked a question. Obviously, Everton have done it differently with the interview, but I I think it's right. I, I really do. I mean, player power is massive. Dave said, touched on that. And for him, for him to come out, I do think I agree with what I can't remember who said it, where it's scripted. I, I think that was Andrew. I do agree there. I think it was scripted. But 
the end of the day, we've been asking for more communication as well as fans. Forget about the board's communication and stuff like that. We've been crying out for more communication. Now we've got it, not in the context that we wanted, but that was due to a player coming out and saying something. So the club have responded. So I I do agree. I think it was scripted, um, but I think it was the right thing to do, really. Because I think it sets a mark on that as well for Dice and the players, especially the players. It's basically saying, well, you step out of line. I've already showed you. I'll do it. I've done it to him. I'll do it yeah. to you. Yeah, that's where, yeah, yeah and that's, that, that's fantastic. And that's something I was going to bring in. So great minds and all that, because it is, and I'm going to stay with Healy here be, and just because I'd still like to hear your views on, on, on maybe not so much where he talked about his players because he, he praised pretty much everyone that came in, you know what I mean? But just on how he viewed the games and stuff, but exactly that. This is this was an opportunity for him to, to just address something directly as it happened and nip that in the bud. And well, no, bit, what happens in club is in club, or else your name your name will be tarnished. He's you know? a bit lucky in that sense because last season you obviously couldn't nail any of the players, similar to Lampard the season before. You've got yeah. to have them all on board. You're going to need all of them. And now he's been given an opportunity early in his first full season, hopefully, because we don't can't afford to sack anyone really. Yeah. Um, and now he's been able to nail nail someone down basically and say right now, and that's the way forward now with this squad. And I think the squad needs it because I think too many managers have been too soft with them. I think they're down too too quickly. If he's putting that marker down, it might not. It might backfire. Who knows? But I like the way they went about it. To be fair, so I can't actually mock them. Yeah. No, that's really, really fair. Um, Andrew O'Burns, back to you. So we've, we've moved on to it, the Demari Gray scenario. He has drawn a line in the sand, as Lee perfectly put it. Um, you all know I was a fan of Demari Gray. Um, as, a, as an Everton fan, from an Everton player, I feel let down. I think that we're better than that. I think our culture is better than that. Um, that's one of these things. You mentioned Rafa earlier with um, look at look at Dean and stuff, you know, and and I remember then Bernard putting a message up, and and he and Bernard were messaging just saying how hard it was and how bad it was, and then we have Alex Iwobi. I'm not even going to touch on. Everyone knows I was an Iwobi fan. I, I appreciated him as a player. Take care of he's gone. Couldn't give a fuck because they repeat Paul as well. I don't love any of these players. I don't really like any. To be absolutely honest. And, and the ones that are getting good are all people like Dwight McNeil that have absolutely torn fucking shreds off. So I can't even buy all in because then someone will go back and listen to an old podcast. See, we're going around in circles here. Um, and and call me on it. Um, but I, I, I've admitted all that earlier. But this, this is where it gets me. So we had those echoes coming out of the club, Andrew, where this was happening. It's not good enough. And this is wrong with the club. You now have a Wobi sort of this. I, I can't. I don't have the comment in front of me. Um, I'm sure we've all seen it. If you haven't, I'm sure it won't be hard to find a Wobi. Um, just making a comment on Instagram, not 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 the Azul comment. Jesus, that had people flapping. But uh, madman. But um, yeah, and just Demari Gray, just really great or whatever it was. But basically, it it was it's a slight on the club knows what he's doing. So he's an absolute wanker for that, to be absolutely honest. The apology of my language, if there's kids or anything about. But um, yeah, it's not on. 
how are you feeling about that? But does it also make you think that these players are fed up with maybe the way the club's being run, fan pressure, manager pressure, all this? Do, do you think there's, you know, do you think there's like a, there's something spoiling the comfort at the club? You know, you're sitting on something that shouldn't be there. I, I don't know, just can't think of the correct analogy and that's usually my yeah, thing. There's, there's something, something that shouldn't be there. It's Ken Wright and Mashiri. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but no, I, I think there's more put yourself. I, I think there's I'm more. really not trying to defend him too hard in this case, but put yourself in Damari Gray's shoes. The club has insisted on being entirely left dominant for a very long time, of which that is your best position. It seems um, tried the right wing thing with him. Didn't work out. And then you see Dwight McNeil in his ascendancy somehow under dice. That is one thing he did very, very well. Like Frank did with the Wobie is like, okay, he got the best version of him or a better version of him that we've ever seen. And all of a sudden you are utterly frozen out late season players are leggy as fuck. And you are one of the only goal threats out of two, maybe three. When we get lucky with a center back thing and you are completely frozen out. Now at that point in time, we hadn't heard anything about him being, a training ground like cancer or anything like that. He seemed to be working hard no matter what. And he was an option that was completely unused. Then you see Michael Keane nearly take us down single-handedly based entirely just on player affection from Dyche. And you're like, how the fuck is this happening? If I were gray, I would absolutely be looking elsewhere. Like no matter how hard I work, my name's not Michael Keane. So I'm not going to be on that team sheet. I realize it's different positions, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I could see him like kind of the wheels turning like, okay, that's how it's going to be. He's going to talk to his Burnley boys and then he'll get other players like them, but I'm just on the outs. So it is what it is. I'm going to do what's best for me. As a non-prolific player, I'm good enough to do a job for someone. I need to get paid before I have to retire. That's I no problem with any of that. Did he make a mistake saying the deal is done out loud in the dressing room? That's stupid. And I know that because I've done that before. I did it once at Apple and it was uh, absolutely incredible at sabotaging my effort. Apple salutes it? No, no. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I don't, I get why Dice had to do it. I think you had to address it, but I feel like he could have been a lot more vague and dismissive of it. Like, yeah, obviously we all know that DeMario Gray is looking for a move. There's things going on in the background that I can't really talk about. That's how you deal with that kind of thing. You don't talk about what he said verbatim, it seems like. I think that was unprofessional and it breaks dressing room code. Yeah. I think there's a way that you can kind of talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's not done yet. Uh, he knows club's doing what's best for the club and it is what it is just all kinds of platitudes saying nothing which dice is really good at no that's fair man that's that's really fair and some really good points there um paul seeing you nodding along these some of that do, do you feel the same or but i i think it's one thing they, they point out and I, I would like to hear your views is you do not tell your employer that the deal is done for them to sign it off do you mean you just don't do that no that's, there's no that's, room yeah that's indicative of a modern day player, isn't it, Graham? Yeah. You know, that, you know, we were looking at, at Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, and I'm watching them get into Bentleys and 
to speaking with agents and you know, they're living a great life. They probably we'd all want to have a little little sniff of now and again, but you know, doing that is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, fully, fully idiotic. Um yeah. but am I unhappy? No. He was all right. Okay to meh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Tim Kale, we played what 1.7 for Tim. If Timmy Kale did that to us, my God, mate, I'd have tears rolling down my face now on this pod. Oh, my favorite ever Everton player, honestly. You know, I, I know a lot of yeah. people are dunking stuff, but he's mine. He's mine. Exactly. 100%. So if that was Tim Kale doing that, we'd be heartbroken, wouldn't we? We'd be, oh my, geez, this is no. I'm still not, not over him leaving. I'm still not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, people mate. talk about players we haven't replaced. I don't even care how good Fellaini was. Never replaced Tim Kale. And I don't think no. we ever could. Tim Kale's probably one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. And that's not just. Because it's so Everton, it's just because he was just absolute class. Um, you know that that lad was just underrated, undervalued. You know he was brilliant on the ball. It was just known for like he could, he could jump high and had the ball. Now he was fantastic. So if it was Tim Kyle, yeah, I'd, I'd be here now, and I'm sure we'd all be absolutely gutted with that one. Yeah. But Damari Gray, no, glad to see the back of him. There's his attitude. He's half decent in a few games. Scored a few worldies. Yeah, I enjoyed those moments. Um, he was bang out of order and a, a partner the ways is, is definitely the way to go, Graham. I think that's, I, I think the dice thing was, yeah, again, he's basically doing what Damari Gray's done in my eyes. It's tit for tat, isn't it, really? He's he's there, there's dirty laundry and he's there and his dirty laundry, deflecting away from the core issues at Everton Football Club, which it's just, it's, it's a mess. It's like that old meme, isn't it, or, or gif with like, the Iraqi interior ministry saying there's nothing to see here, there's no problems, and in the background is literally Baghdad's on fire. <laughs> so like that's yeah. Evan Mashiri and Bella running around time yeah. fires out. It's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. So now there's no love lost for Damari Gray. Again, I'll go back to the little points, and that's this is just me. I've I've got no you know no feelings towards this current group of players. I'm cold to them. So it's just like, you know, we're not missing a, a character like Tim Kale, even a Romelu Lukaku could back up a bad attitude with just immense goal-scoring ability. You know, and Arteta, who was sublime in the midfield. And, and I'm scraping down for other players here. But, yeah, it's uh, it's no loss for me, mate. Sad the way it was it was ended, yeah. He was wrong. I think Dice is wrong. Um and yeah, it was scripted. And I think the club is just doing what it does best, which is deflect. And I totally get what Lee was saying there about communication. But yeah. is communication just to deflect stuff. The, the club should have just communicated to us in terms of what is actually going on at the club. What what is what is going on? Put this put this to bed. This this thing about finances and you know, were we really teetering on the brink of administration and things like that? So you know, give us a bit of truth in that. Damari Gray, I don't care about. I'm not bothered. Bothered about the future of the club. Um, you know, Damari Gray can go and make him, what, 10 million? Fantastic. Um, the lad will be remembered for a couple of things and then tomorrow I won't even think about him. I'll see him in the L Artifact shirt and I'll go, yeah, great, good for you. And then move on and then he's yesterday's news and I won't ever remember him in any way, sort of like... Yeah, you're gonna watch that. Lads, I know. It, it, do you know what? It, it it's just it's it's a sad time. It's kind of like 
you know, you look at the club and you look at our league position, you look at all these things about, yeah, we've had chances and whatnot, and it's reflective and indicative of the state of the club. Do you know what I mean? It's, no, it's, you know what? Rock, bottom, norm- it's rock bottom. I'd normally agree with you, but I think they've done this at the right time because it's before he's gone. He hasn't actually officially left yet, has he? I mean, I've been in work, so I'm not allowed my phone in work at all. Got so a here we go busy. tweet from Fabrizio, but yeah, he's not like, here. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. There's been no official announcements, has there? So no. I think it's good that they got it out. I, I do agree with you, though. It's a deflection, which is, is a part of the bigger problem. I totally yeah. agree with you. I just think on this one occasion that because they've like obviously set up what they wanted to do, so they stuck to it and got it out before he's actually left. So now it, I, I think it's also a bit of them saying to Gray. No, now it's definitely done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Real quick on Gray. Oh, I do 100% agree with you. I think it's a total deflection on the shit show at the end of the window and stuff like that. 100% agree with you. I just think for this thing, after what Gray came out with, I think the club, and I don't like backing the club at the minute because the people <laughs> who are in charge, everyone knows I'm an avid hater of them. But I actually agree with them. I think this is probably the best thing that Dave Princess has done since he went to the club. Because that is straight out of the Dave Princess notebook, that. Maybe he's oh. grown a set, who knows. But, um, <laughs> Lee, Lee, just oh. want to come to you just because um, I've, I've let the guys have, have have their say maybe more than you so far and, and none of them really touched on it. But Dice was mentioning about the constraints in the transfer window. Obviously, I'm coming towards you about our pal. Um, but this might come as a shock to the listeners but um, I had a bit of a meltdown the other day in the group chat just Everton got to me and I just lost my absolute shit I lost transfer deadline day I, I was I was the best to crack because I knew nothing was going to happen I knew absolutely nothing was going to happen and if this is old news I know there was all our podcast but I wasn't on it so I was just sort of churning shit and going on Twitter then they sort of although I say I stay off it I just decided to go on it and start um tweeting about how I felt and the stat and the other and, and sort of you know sort of stirring stirring the pot a bit you know <laughs> but I, I knew what was going to happen I, I knew I've seen this movie before I've seen this movie countless times with this club and it's just like we needed more and and, and Lee, we, we heard Dice talk about, you know, the restraints and all this, that and the other, but then better come for nothing. Why was that not done sooner? If that was that should have been done the first of July, realistically. Let's if that could have been done. And they praised one thing that was a bit of a red flag for me, um, was that he, he praised, you know, Farewell's job doing this. So I think that's the club unknowingly stating that we better praise him because people aren't happy because it wasn't good enough. But how, how do you feel? Do you think we, we could have done more? Because I think at very least, we again, we fuck all on the right. We have nothing on the right, mate. I don't care. Um, we should have definitely done more. But I think, I can't remember who tweeted it and I've seen it perfect. I, I think it summed it up perfectly. We only had enough money to strengthen one aspect. And because the midfield is pretty new, even though we've got a player who's been here before, it's a pretty new midfield. Well, the core players is like, what do you get me on Amino, Nana and Gaia? I think they've went and, I think they've went and obviously completely changed the forward line now. 
and that's left us short well besides the right hand side but to be fair we haven't had the right hand side for a while because although Awobi could do a job and I'm yeah, not trying to slag him off because he's left wasn't he's not a right not a right winger or a right mid no. he's not it wasn't it's good enough. but that's what you're getting actually, but just, just on that, Lee, as well, just just to put this Awobi thing to bed, too, because a lot of people decided to come at me, dicks, with, uh, with Awobi, you know, and wanted wanted to hammer me. But you all love James Garner, and look how he's performing out there. And Alex Awobi was doing, yes, he's a much more established, better player at this current time, he is. But look how James Garner's performing out there. Spe- his positions are specialist. It's hard to get players who are multifunctional. Look at Ashley Young. He played his entire youth as a forward player. Yes, he's played over the pitch because he's a very talented footballer. But you're not getting the best of a 38-year-old Ashley Young because, you know, at left back, you're not because his his mind's still in a winger. He's comfortable on that side, yes, more likely. But, you, you know, that sort of thing. So that needs to come into perspective for us as fans. And I sort of touched a wee bit on it earlier too, whereas fans need to sort of maybe calm down in some aspects, be realistic in others. And, and ultimately point all their anger and their unhappiness at others, you know, but who, who is anyone to dictate what that is or where it is? That just sort of has to organically come together on its own, you know, because I'm pretty sure at Brighton, I fucking hate mentioning Brighton because everything's back to how great Brighton are. Well, their kits look shite. Well, ultimately, and seagulls are crap as well, but ultimately, right, with, with, with this Brighton thing, everybody's looking in the same direction. So it's very easy to be done. Again, we're a mess. So it means our field of vision is foggy. Too many roads, too many dark roads, too many potholes is everything. They're cruising on one lane forward. You know, so there's so many... How do I put it? There's so many mitigating factors there that just do not allow us to be normal football fans. I'm sort of undoing the point I'm making. But that's just where we are in a situation, which is no surprise to anyone. But it for me, it's just not good enough what we got. And again, regardless, we, we talk about the whole, we threw away results for a centre forward, you know, at the start of the season by not getting one. We're throwing away many more points by just not having a balanced side. So many more. So many, I was actually going to say some, some not far mentioned about Patterson playing right wing, but that was me. It was me fucking said it like an idiot. I even said one day... You guys, my witness, I'll admit this in the podcast, so by all means, I deserve to be done for this. Come at me and scratch my car. But I was that desperate and depressed at how bad we were. I says, could you not even put Neil Mopay out for the second half on the right wing? That's how bad we were. That's how fucking bad we've been. So, talking about how bad we've been, that pulls us on the last point of this podcast. So, put your hands up, lad, and whoever uh, really wants to go for it can start on this. So... We're just going to touch now that we're in the international break. Um, we're going to discuss Everton's start to the season. So we've played five. We lost 1-0 to Fulham. 4-0 to Aston Villa away. 1-0 uh, to Wolves at home. We won 2-1 away at Doncaster. And we've drawn two each at Sheffield United. So there are plenty, and I mean plenty of abundance of mitigating factors as the why we haven't got more points or why we haven't got less or this, that, and the other three games or why we didn't get penalties here or there. Who wants to go first and share their thoughts on this season? Lee, over to you, Pa. Yeah, um, I, I know you haven't touched on it yet, but I, don't, I hate all that XG shite. Um, simple fact is, 
the club have left us short. The club have left the manager short of a striker. Um, relying on Calvert Lewin to be fit again, and simply not good enough. Um, I don't. I'm not massively alarmed because of the way we've played. Um, first half Doncaster, full game Villa aside, we've actually played okay football. Not brilliant, okay football. We've done enough to win every one of them games by Aston Villa. Um, if we were not creating chances at all, I'd be massively worried. But I think performances haven't been that but Well, over the overall, they're not that bad. Uh, results have been shocking. Well, yeah, and that's right. We were sitting second. There was this thing bouncing around that we were sitting second. Um, yeah. But then Dave, who was on earlier, and sadly, he did not get chased off the pod, as much as I would love to say that's what happened. Um, that ultimately, the guy had to go back to work. But he, he, he sent an updated one on him. We have dropped. So that was maybe a, a timely piece of of, of of data that was given this because after the weekends after everything settled now with the football it, we've actually dropped the 10th in XG which isn't bad isn't bad but XG doesn't well it does win you games if you score the goals but we're not scoring the goals so we haven't got the complete piece the hand on of the project so but just I get what you're saying Lee but there is encouragement in creating chances but would you not yeah. say that we're so suspect at the back Lee? If there's any changes you would make in that team, so if you were to put a settled team out after this break, based on what you've seen, um, yes, you can throw in Harrison, you could throw in Calvert-Lewin, but he would, yeah, we haven't seen Harrison and Everton top, and since Dwight McNeil and stuff, but how would you want us to set up, mate? Um, it would be Pickford, Michalenko at left-back, um, Tarkovsky and Bramford, which I think, I think it's the first time in about 10 years, 100% of the fan base, of being united in like a certain position. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can argue with them too. If Coleman's fit, I'd have Coleman. If not, I'd have Ashley Young. I think yeah. Patterson needs to come out of it for a bit. Um, then I'd have Takore Onana and Adrissa Gay as your three midfielders. I wouldn't be playing James Garner at the minute at right mid. So I'd be playing someone like Harrison on the right with McNeil or Dan Juman on the left and better up front. See, just on that too, I just want to, I want to come to you too with that, with the midfield. I'm really, really concerned about this midfield this season. You guys have heard me in the chat just constantly, every game, apart from the other one that I slept through because it was working. But the holes in our midfield, there's no discipline in there. We actually had more discipline in our midfield under Frank Lampard than we do now. Well, that's I think this is a player thing. Mm. I don't know what's going on. Um, to be fair, maybe... he's got the blueprint. He's done it at Goodison in his first game. He's got the blueprint with basically the same midfield. Because I think Awobi played on the wing that game, didn't he? He didn't play in a midfield three. Yeah. It was Onana, Zakore, and it's just a guy that played against Arsenal last season. Yeah. yeah. So he's got the blueprint, but obviously last year means Absolutely not. Yeah, it, it doesn't at all. That, that deep line, so you kind of had a Ghana Onana drop, but Onana was the deepest figure, and he could dictate the game from there. Why? Why are we not seeing that? 
I think that's a massive factor. Like everybody's talking about you can't like people are putting on videos, you can't go to Onana, this, that, and the other. You know, if if you can only compile on a minute, I said this before in a previous pod, if you can only do a minute and a half on, on how much he's doing good over 90 minutes, well fuck me. It shows you how far we've fallen. You know, he, yes, he we know he does good things, but he's he's missing. Ghana is missing. He comes on and changes the game uh, against Doncaster, brilliant. You know what I mean? Bottom of league two. You know, and yes, they have to do it, blah, blah, blah. I get, I get it. And th- this is a moment. I'm not just saying, oh, Bert, get them all out. This, no, no, there are players, and we're, we're going to support them and we get behind them. There's, I don't mean anything disrespectful because they're not, because as much as we say we don't have an affinity to them or, or we don't have a player we love, we still care about them. They're, they're, they're Everton players. But what I'm saying is, like, how do we sort that midfield out? Where's the discipline? You know, you look, so Aston Villa, you know, John McGinn's that anchor man. You know his job. Every Evertonian knows his job whenever we're playing Aston Villa. He's just snarling around, breaking it up, breaking up play, being nasty, getting the ball, giving it, staying out, breaking late in the box, can score, can drop back in and protect his back line. You know. Well, do you know what I, do you know what I, I would do personally? Sorry, mate. I'd leave, I, I personally, I'd leave Garner out and then give it just a guy an hour and replace him with him. Let him play in his natural position as centre mid. Even if he is a bit further back than what he naturally likes. Because he's Garner, still developing. He's still developing in the Premier League. Did you say Garner? Yeah, yeah. James Garner. As the deep line midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And playmaking style. Yeah, no, he, look, he, he doesn't jump at attack. No, it's, it's, it's fair. It's fair. Because you can see him as that playmaking. He can he can click and dictate and, and, and pull and it. No, man, he's got the legs to get back and forth. Yeah. That's true. Um, no. And Decore as well, if he's still on. Decore's yeah, got the left to go up and down. Yeah. Because James Garner can't be can't keep playing right mid or right wing. No, no, no. Well, that's the thing. I don't think I think once Harrison's fit, he's out there, it'll be yeah. between him and Dan Juma because McNeil has to yeah, be out there for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that myself. Dan Juma's just got two from the left-hand side in his last two yeah. games. So there you are, and you don't want McNeil out, right? So again, we're sort of. Our, I think our, Harrison's definitely going to play out, right? Because he's the only one yeah. we haven't seen. I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, but no, cheers, seriously for all that there, Paul. You be at the ground. Um, I, I seen you nodding, sort of with Lee's selection. You can't really fault much off that. Um, the main thing across, if there's anything you want to say about those results, I read out. By all means, go for it. It's all sort sort of self-explanatory, but just the last thing I want to say: you're there, you're in the ground every week. Yeah, what happened this week? Um, I don't know what. Actually, weirdly, on a positive, if we'd have had Beto there, I'm not going to big him up too much, but he could possibly be the top goal scorer in the league. Um, because this is where we did again. We talked about the recruitment, you know. The failure to get a striker in has cost us. It really has. Um, yeah. So the XG counts for nothing, really. At the, at the end of the day, if you've got more pay trying to you know, finish off the moves, then you're not going to win football matches, you know what I mean? Because we, we talked about we never played to more pay strengths. Well, I don't know what a strength is, mate, if from two yards out on goal, he can't score. Yeah. So you're a striker and you can't score from two yards, mate. I mean, the lightning's on the wall, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know that was my big rally cry, but at the same time, too, you can pump a ball 60 yards to Neil Mopay. 
So oh, no, that's right. no, I totally agree with that. I get it, but if you're going to do it and they can do all the right things until they have to part the black, you know... 100%. What's See, the point? He's had those chances that we've said we weren't giving him. This season, he did... I know he's, he's gone now, whatever, but he had those chances. If we had a striker in there, you know, yeah. I'm sure we would have reversed a couple of those results. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of that. Um, the only thing is, I, yeah, I think the midfield is a problem. Probably would keep Dan Juma out there and I'd pretty much keep Lee's team. I'd possibly bring McNeil in. Do you know what? The call yeah, is yeah. frustrating the life out of me. The lad can't pass a ball. He can't. But he's affecting games. I think he's our most effective player. Yeah. He, I think the That's what's going on. Yeah. It, it, but the, the midfielders, though, mate, I think Onana pulled out a couple of decent passes. And he, and he has. Um, again, I think one was to Morpay, if I think back rightly in the Wolves game, and, and he fluffed that one. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely a player in Onana. I don't think we'd miss him as much as you think if he wasn't playing. I think if Garner took that position, because is he about six foot five? No, Onana is yeah. six foot five. Yeah, six foot five. Well, he, he jumps with his eyes shut. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that's the first one. He doesn't command the midfield area for this for that size. Yeah. I'm just praying he develops into a Vieira type. Yeah, that's the dream. You know, that'd be amazing. Um, there we go again, though, wishing for, you know, yeah. needing pennies and wishing for gold. Like, you know, you know if he I mean? was messy, he'd be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, many Blues would probably disagree with this, but I, I, would, I would play Ghana over Onana in the midfield if we were going to drop one out. I'd probably keep a Drissa Ghana guy in there just for the disruptive. I'm sorry, lads, but I, I know you all understand each other. Can you just like say it in an Irish accent so I can understand? Is it Garner or Ghana or Onana? Because I cannot fucking tell. <laughs> Garner and Ghana, really. Garner and Ghana. I'll try to put this right. I, I play James Garner. <laughs> <laughs> probably play McNeil in, in there and maybe if you want to keep the Corey in there yeah but I wouldn't mind seeing McNeil central yeah but playing in behind behind Beto yeah don't mind that, get that last season when he comes inside he does some fantastic work his crossing isn't all it's cut out to be like when he can get in that box and arrive later just he gets a bit of space we've seen how dangerous he was against two yeah. against two Andrew sorry Shaitan, Brighton. There we are. <laughs> Sorry, your face just killed me. I couldn't. <laughs> Fucking stupid seagulls. Uh, but yeah, um, no, that's it's completely fair, Paul. And apart apart from not knowing which player you're on about for a second, there, I, I agree with it all. And as I say, like, and, and you touch on those bits. You see him jumping with his eyes closed. How how little commanding is it's a much more different experience at the game and i wish it could be there every week so i completely completely get it um andrew just yeah i'm just coming to you bud now so just you've heard the teams where you would sort of change the sort of as bad as the back line is we've all we're all agreeing on that i, I just one thing i'll touch on too because i know you're a big turkoski fan you do like him me i'm a bit man but one thing i will say to defend i know you don't like him tons but he's like the best of a bad bunch um, but what else? Well, apart from Brian, so he, but he's he's young potential. But what I will say is, 
I think a lot of a lot of what's happening again with him and and we're talking about it. And I did think about this before I lost my shit in the last podcast was he's not getting that protection. We're all talking about the center halves, but we have to, have to, have to hammer that midfield in terms of discussion and being aware of, of fans, like, you know, and and it's it's just gaping. Fuck me. It's just it's it's so stressful. So what's your thoughts on it? Okay, so yeah, Branthwaite and Tark is the only sensible pairing um, there. I think the more they play together, the closer we'll get to that Cody Tarkovsky chemistry. They were better yeah. than the sum of their abilities because they just got on with each other. I think they really yeah. had something like Massive, yeah. it was they played better than they were capable of somehow. And we were lucky, but it just seemed to make sense for them for a very, very long time. Yeah. So that's settled left back uh yeah i think Mikalenko. um but maybe early on ashley young and bring Mikalenko in because my theory behind this whole team setup is for some reason this dice team seems to get on the ball earlier like we're fast starters we just waste yeah. all our chances so i say all right fuck it let's go full-on blitzkrieg for the first half maybe the first 60 so ashley young left back um Right back Coleman pushed yeah. Patterson up to right mid. Onana as the six, um, because he is a pretty decent interceptor. And then Adrissa Gay, uh, left mid, um, so he can push forward a little bit harder. McNeil, left wing, um, or Danjuma, uh, playing off of Beto. And then um, falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right wing Harrison. Uh, what am I? Obviously, Pickford. Um, my shy player. I feel like I'm missing one. No, no, four three, three three. Yeah, four three three. Yeah, that's how I would set it up. And then sixty minutes, uh, you swap out. Um, I would say get Patterson out of there for Dukes. I've been really low on Duke lately. I think he's kind of got the same thing that Wobie had going on in Frank's first full season. Yeah. Um, after staying up, he, I think he's just fallen off. He's kind of got the pinball wizard legs again, and he's giving it away, and he can't control it. Um, so let him have less minutes, and maybe he'll be a bit more composed. Um, I think Onana is better than what he's showing right now uh, offensively because I think this dice style play is so direct, it is avoiding the central midfield. So I, I don't think it's quite fair to judge him based on how many touches he's not getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just let's go all out, full-on firefight, and then 60, 65 minutes. If Dice knows that you're allowed to make subs, then let's park the bus and figure it out. Yeah, very fair, fair. And the, the, your views, um, I'm not going to pick it apart by any means, um, except maybe just one. My only, my only worry with oh. the Dan Juma thing. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Dan Juma was kind of iffy. I'd rather have McNeil. I was just saying, if you didn't use McNeil and you no, wanted to switch up formation, use Dan Juma. Thing I was but say. Yeah. Ashley Young cannot be on fucking set pieces. He is awful at them, and that's why I'd keep Patterson in or Garner. Uh, Young is just the worst at set pieces. Yeah, we need fresh ideas on them. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They asked them what what they're going to be doing, and I wanted them to say we're going to work on relationships. Uh, we're going to work on tactical noiseness that normally just is all they'll be working. So sounds like more laps. Um, but but that's something that I really want to see us come out with. 
Um, let me take you on a wee time machine here. Um, you can choose the date between 2008 or 2012. There was a formation that really suits what we're trying to play, and it was 4-2-3-1. And you played with two deep-lying midfielders, one more defensive, one more deep-lying playmaker, ball make, uh, you know, a baller. And you play that way, and you had a number 10, not an 8, you had a number 10. His job was to just press a bit and, and drop when it was ultimately essential. And then you'd right midfielders, not wingers that hugged up top and didn't track back. And that formation is what we're trying to play without lining it up like that. That's honestly what I think would suit this team. Because we, us ourselves, and look, Sky is going to, is going to market at this as James Madison bringing back the number 10. Now, Everton's been trying to play the guy for fucking years. We've just been shit at it. We're still, you know, playing with that number 10. I think that is pivotal to us. But we need those deep line midfielders and, and we need that discipline in the back line. But again, if you had two line deep and not getting too expressive, let the forwards do that forward work. I really think that we could see something really good here because, again, them holes in the midfield, like we're talking about, like a thing you mentioned, I think everybody mentioned with Onana doing some good things and not getting enough of the ball. Yeah, but you know what? Go fucking want it. Stop looking when they're breaking, going past you. Don't, any footballer worth their salt can can read a one-two coming towards them. It's just whether your baller they react to it. You can see it happening. You can see it happening to your midfield partner and you can drop in. on If he doesn't know what's happening, your midfield partner will, will know what's happening and get on the cover you and pull. And hopefully your team is competent enough they, they, they pull on, you know, a, a move across. We talk about the way teams pivot and move. Jeez, well, you don't have to fucking talk about it. That's that's how it works. It's teamwork. Lee, just have you anything to say on that, Paul? Yeah, we've got um, a perfect number 10 at the club as well to play that formation when he's fit. Oh. Dilly I. Yeah, oh, the original, yeah. well, rebirth of the number 10 role, if you like. Yeah, we do <laughs> The only the only thing there is that well one we, we don't know what's going to happen two it's supposed to cost us an absolute fucking arm and a leg but considering what we sold to what we brought exactly. in can afford anything um so I can't wait to see us literally we struck oil didn't we the only problem is we're going to go take that oil and send it to Russia to some big oligarch tit don't kill me but um you know it's just frustrating. It's just, we can see it, and it's all easy for us to talk about. Dice will set up his team and, and do whatever he can, but I really, really, like, we're coming out after this break, and we've got Arsenal on the Sunday, Sunday isn't it? Because of the the fixture change for for Europe, you know, so I suppose that does help us, ultimately. You know, people are terrible if you're a travelling fan, like myself, or Andrew or Dave, or whoever, if you've set up plans, but, you know, it's just, the club are getting an extra day. Um, they set up for it, and and we need a masterclass. We do, and you know what? I'll be honest. I think Daesh might raise to rise to the occasion. I really do, I really do. And this could be the catalyst. Paul, stop laughing at me, mate. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> but but you know because he's done it before, you know, and as you said, Lee, he has that blueprint. So maybe, maybe, you know, it's it's like I don't know, somewhat down and out, you know. It's uh, Marty McFly's dad. One punch right in Biff's hunger. There you go. You know, and if we can do it, if we can do that, who knows? That could change. That could be our full naval tackle on Ronaldo. No, that's shit. 
we we don't we don't want tackles. We don't want hooven or this. We want passion. That's what people forget about Paul, and that's what I meant to come back to. There we are, full circle again, guys. It only took us an hour and twenty minutes. That's yeah. all we want is a bit of passion and a bit of belief and a bit of togetherness because good things can grow out of that. Because regardless, they're talented footballers. We all read off Dwight McNeil. I had well written off Dwight Mc- or Abdullah Decore. I thought he couldn't do anymore. The entire footballing world is written off Dele Alley. Can he come back and prove them wrong? I don't know. You know, we all written off Calvert Lewin, but he still managed to get back a couple of games last season, be majorly pivotal in us still gaining points. But sure, he likes his fashion, so we don't like him anyway. You know, and all this other stuff. Yeah. We can find things to assist other players. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Just mid-fucking field needs to get that sorted. I hope this training is mid-field work. How do we work as a unit and shut it down, close the gaps, break up play, and let our forwards express themselves while having a safety net for our very limited back line? And they are, every fucking one of them, including Brathwaite, because he's young. He'll still make mistakes. We've got officials here against us. They're tearing fucking... They can't follow their own rules. They're bending VAR. They're now allowing people to rip Branthwaite's top off early in the game instead of at the end of the match. You know, all this sort of stuff is going to happen against us, and it's happening everybody, I would assume. I know, like, I was looking up at a thing about a referee, and every club is crying about it. Everyone is. So it's not just us. It's just that the level of officiating the shite, the league, the ladder's pulled up, and you know what? It's not much fun anymore. It's not. And it's so hard to get out of it. Don't know what we're going to do. But we're all we're all surfing the wave. So just on that Deli Alley day, guys, I think the club's got a big decision here, weirdly, because he's got one year, hasn't he? He's in his last year now. Yeah. So technically, if they're going to keep him and they're going to possibly part with this money, then surely then they'd be looking to extend his contract now. And then pay this ten, and then this additional twenty after thirty games, is it? So it's ten million after another seven or eight games, and then another twenty, I think, if you hit something like thirty games, so total forty million. Yeah, but yeah, but that was that not just if within this contract period, any extended contract, surely that would be void, would it? Well, this is the thing you see, guys. So if we're gonna play him, we're definitely gonna have to outlay, and then he could go for free at the end of the season. I get that, but I just thought that even if we did extend his contract, so we said, you know what, we've had you in for five games, you're looking back to yourself, we're going to extend your contract. Would that deal with Tottenham purely be up until August 24? Surely because it can't be extended over his entire time at the club. Oh, I see. Are you talking about he'd go on a free and then we'd re-sign him? Well, yeah, or no, not even that, just we, we, we would extend the contract. That's, I would say... Look, we are not qualified to do this, but um, let's have the crack anyway. Um, I would say that if they did that deal with with Spurs until August 2024, that is the period of the because they expected him to be playing what in his third season here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that can't carry on over ten years. That can't carry on over five years. That for me, it's that that initial contract. Anything more than that is 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 fresh. You know what I mean? That, it has to be. And if it's not, that's fucking idiotic because that's a can right there. So I'm saying that. point anyways. He's about as close to Premier League fitness as I am. <laughs> Deli Alley or Bill Kenwright? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, Andrew's a bit fitter than Bill Ken right, right now. <laughs> no, but um, you know what? I really see all like I really, really hope that we do get to see a wee bit of DIY and a wee bit of magic. I'm not gonna lie. Just to, just to finish up on that, you know, it's it's been a bit of a, a radio silence now, and which it and which it should be. He needs time to heal. That that that's a whole new wound opening that up to the to the world. You know, I can only speak as just a human being. I'm I'm not qualified, and I don't think any of us here are qualified on it. And but we are qualified and having emotions and and being human beings. And you know, Jesus, being a being a football fan, it's, it's hard, it's tough, and you see all this. And hopefully, you know. Uh, just as as people, we we can use DII as a as a focal point where we where we thought about Jesus Christ, the stuff he's going on. So, you know, I remember even since that interview at all. Even I try not to go on. I probably I'm probably chatting like me whole because I go on and tell well all the time. But he's not a footballer. I'm with you, man. No, <laughs> you have to try and think about. Is that it. how I, his nose got like that? Gee, mate, look at mine. Seven bricks, kickboxing. Should have Is that a fan of the booger sugar? Is that what we're saying? No? Allegedly? No, we're not saying that. They are the views of Andrew Middleton, not the Everett Army podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, ultimately, um, yeah, I, I just, I really hope that we get a chance to see Deli Alley um, again in an Everton shirt. I think it would be really, really nice to see him as part of his recovery and, and get out, and I'm sure we will. I really I really am sure we will, and I really, really hope that he's, he's recovering. Um, from obviously his hip injury, but also the 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 emotional impact of letting it all out. Because let's not forget that he had to pull the trigger, or or someone else had obtained information. Like, you know, people forget that. So again, more trauma to deal with. So I really, really hope that he's that he's that he's coming through his recovery, and I, I just pray that we get to see him. And imagine we got a magical moment with that. That will be special. That will be absolutely special. And it's great to always see the flag for Daily Alley flying as well. Good as. It's fantastic, fantastic. He's turning up a lot more now too at the games, and it's great for people to see. It's really, really good. So, yeah, yeah, be great to see him. Man. It would be great to see him. It would, hundred percent. But um, guys, I think we've waffled on enough tonight, and we've lost our heads quite a few times. Um, if you've managed to stick by us, brilliant. Um, if you can like and share the content pass it on by all means we would really really appreciate that um if you think there's anything more that you'd like to see us do this season please get in touch and let us know if you think there's something we should do less i suppose let us know we probably we'll see how we respond to that um you can let john know that one but ultimately guys thank you so much for being on um we have been the everton aren't we podcast and uh everyone's supporting our down now in the international break because we're as bad as everton peace Heaven are we? Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evan Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at eawpodcast at gmail.com.